श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवास आदि गौर भक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे दिस इज अ सेमिनार ऑन द प्रेफिस टू श्रील प्रभुपाद रेंडिशन ऑफ Rupa Goswami Sri Upadeshamrita the nectar of instruction it's quite short i'll read it all now and then we'll go through line by line but actually if we go through it line by line in some detail there's no way we're going to finish it in 4 days because that's why i want to do this seminar on this preface because it's it's so rich there's so much in it that it would take many many books many discussions to discuss all the points here so every time i read this i find it's so valuable so i thought to talk more about it now let's read the whole preface first of all the krishna consciousness movement is conducted under the supervision of shrila rupa goswami there's one big statement right there The Gauriya Vaishnavas or Bengali Vaishnavas are mostly followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of whom the six Goswamis of Vrindavan are direct disciples therefore Srila Narottam Das Thakur has sung Rupa Raghunatha Pade Hoibe Akuti Kabe Hamabujhabo Shri Jugal Piriti When I am eager to understand the literature given by the Goswamis then i shall be able to understand the transcendental loving affairs of radha and krishna shri chaitanya mahaprabhu appeared in order to bestow upon human society the benediction of the science of krishna the most exalted of all the activities of lord krishna are his pastimes of conjugal love with the gopis Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in the mood of Shrimati Radharani the best of the gopis therefore to understand the mission of Lord Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and follow in his footsteps one must very seriously follow in the footsteps of the six goswamis Shri Rupa Sanatan Bhatta Raghunath Shri Jiva Gopal Bhatta and Das Raghunath Shri Rup Goswami was the leader of all the Goswamis and to guide our activities he gave us this Upadeshamrita the nectar of instruction to follow as Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left behind him the eight verses known as Shikshashtaka Rup Goswami gave us Upadeshamrita so that we may become pure Vaishnavas in all spiritual affairs one's first duty is to control his mind and senses unless one controls his mind and senses one cannot make any advancement in spiritual life everyone within this material world is engrossed in the modes of passion and ignorance one must promote himself to the platform of goodness satyagun by following the instructions of rubaka swami and then everything concerning how to make further progress will be revealed advancement in krishna consciousness depends on the attitude of the follower a follower of the krishna consciousness movement should become a perfect goswami vaishnavas are generally known as goswamis in vrindavan 
This is the title by which the director of each temple is known. One who wants to become a perfect devotee of Krishna must become a Goswami. Go means the senses and Swami means the master. Unless one controls his senses and mind, one cannot become a Goswami. To achieve the highest success in life by becoming a Goswami and then a pure devotee of the Lord, one must follow the instructions known as Upadesha Amrita, which have been given by Srila Rupa Goswami. Srila Rupa Goswami has given many other books such as Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Vidagda Madhav, and Lalita Madhav. But Upadesh Amrita contains the first instructions for neophyte devotees. One should follow these instructions very strictly. Then it will be easier to make one's life successful. Hare Krishna. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, September 20th, 1975, Vishwarup Mahotsav, Krishna Balaram Mandir, Raman Reti, Vrindavan, India. The first sentence. The Krishna consciousness movement is conducted under the supervision of Srila Rupa Goswami. Rupanuga. The term is there. Rupanuga. Mundane scholars. Be careful of them. Very dangerous. Crocodiles. Crocodiles are dangerous in the in the river, in the estuary, there's a crocodile. Looks like a piece of wood, looks like something harmless, but it's very dangerous, so be careful. The mundane scholars they talk about Chaitanya Ait Vaishnavas or Chaitanya Sampradaya. But the people they're referring to they don't call themselves that. The identification is given Gorya or Rupanoga. Why not Chaitanya? What's wrong with saying Chaitanya Vaishnavas? Well, it's not really wrong, but as mundane scholars always do, they miss the point is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, he didn't reveal to the world, he came to reveal to the world, what he came to reveal to the world was revealed through Rupa Goswami. Therefore we say, Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Mano Bhishta, his heart's desire, was is established in the world by Rupa Goswami. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what he came to give, Again, the mundane scholars, they, they, they read Chaitanya Charitamrita and come up with the conclusion that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was epileptic or something like this. So, what he came to give, this 
Sarup Damodar Swami in his karcha or notebook, he made the note, Anarpita chirin chirat karunyavatirno kalo samapya tamunutachva velarasosva bhakti shriyam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give the topmost resplendent unatajvala rasa, the, the highest rasa. Or rasa is that which is experienced in exchange with Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give this, but he personally relished that and Srub Damada Goswami appreciated that, but Rupa Goswami was the other one, apart from Srub Damada, who could understand what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's inner desire. But Srub Damada Goswami, he didn't tell anyone else. He wrote it in his notebook. But Rupa Goswami, he made that available to others. That's described that... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, once he came to visit Rupa Goswami, who had gone to bathe in the sea at that time, in Puri. And Rupa Goswami had written a verse. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he used to, in the Rasiyatra particularly, he used to sing a verse which no one could understand why he's singing this. It sounds like some mundane love lyrics, which actually it, it is. It's taken from mundane poetry. But Rupa Goswami could understand that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is in the mood of Radharani expressing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Radharani sentiments at Kurukshetra, where, you were talking about that yesterday, where where Radharani and the gopis, they had found a god Krishna. After such a long time, they were wanting to meet Krishna, but they got him, but not quite. Almost got It's the same Krishna. But this is, we can't, this is not, this is not the Krishna we know. we know. We know Krishna in the village of Vrindavan. So they wanted to take him to Vrindavan. So the, the Rathiatra is, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's vision, is Radharani pulling by the force of her love, forcibly bringing Jagannath from the place of opulence to Vrindavan. So this highly esoteric meaning was understood by Sruvdhamada Goswami and by Rupa Goswami and Rupa Goswami, he made that known. Sruvdhamada was very um, secretive about that, it seems. He didn't reveal that to others. But then, on the basis of Rupa Goswami revealing that, then Chaitanya Charitamrita was written, and, and then the whole Gorya culture of how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is Krishna himself, but he's come to relish the feelings of Radharani in love for Krishna. What is the sweetness of Krishna? So this 
highest position of, of, of the glory of the highest theology, beyond theology. When Krishna is, when God is no longer seen as God, other religious processes may talk of love of God. And there may be what are called mystic traditions in other what are called religions. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he came to give a process by which everyone can appreciate God in the way that he likes to be appreciated most of all when he's not appreciated as God. This theology means ultimately to understand the personality of Godhead. That in itself most people don't approach because the idea of there being a personality of, or, or the, the, it's not a concept, it's reality. But as it's, as it's conceived, it's not possible to conceive in the materially contaminated mind that there is the personality of Godhead because the materially contaminated mind means envious of the personality of Godhead. So when one crosses beyond envy, then he can accept that there is the personality of Godhead. But even for those who are able to accept that there is the personality of Godhead, they take the Godhead more than the more as being more important than the personality. Although to him himself, his personality is more important than his being Godhead. For him, it's more it's it's more pleasing for him to be taunted by the gopis and tied up by his mother than prayed to by the great rishis and munis. So this is the the pinnacle of theological understanding, going beyond theology. When God Himself, He is not so much interested in being God as being with His friends. Because He's a person. And a person doesn't... For a person, His friends are more important than His formal function. Srila Prabhupada once gave the example of Gladstone, who was known as a very... He was the Prime Minister of Britain during the Empire times. So he was more powerful than George Bush today. He's very powerful and he was known as being a really dry person. He was very severe and hard. And in the Parliament he would just look at people and just by his look they would dry up. They wouldn't dare to say anything. He was such a heavy person. So one person, Prabhupada told the story, he had an appointment with Gladstone to meet him in his office. And he was waiting outside and waiting and waiting and he didn't want to disturb because he thought that you know, it's very important, the Prime Minister of the whole British Empire. But eventually he was thinking that what, what important thing is he doing? Let me just have a little look and see what he's doing that's so important. Maybe, you know, maybe he's declaring war on Russia or something. There's something very major he must be doing. So let me just look. If I can't have my appointment, let me just look and see what he's doing. So he's, he just slowly opened the door and quietly put his head in and saw Gladstone down on his hands and knees with his grandson on his back saying, Get up, horse! Gladstone had become a horse for his grandson. And no one else can do that. 
a little boy who is, is completely insignificant, he can do that. If anyone else, if, if his political rivals, or if they said to get on his back, he'd have them thrown in prison. But his grandson can do. Out of love it's accepted. So this is a very big topic. I'm not going to go into it in detail. But the point is that Rupa Goswami has revealed what is the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, this is known as the Rupanuga Sampradaya. Followers of Rupa Goswami. That means following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But we don't, we don't, ourselves, we don't say Chaitanya Ait Vaishnavas. Because our connection is specifically through Rupa Goswami. There are many others who claim to be followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but they are not accepted by genuine Rupanuga devotees. For instance, there are those who interpret Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be the Nadiyanaga or Gaur Naga. They don't follow Rupa Goswami who revealed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahayana. They take it that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because he's Krishna, so just as Krishna enjoyed with the gopis of Vrindavan, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu enjoyed with the young girls of Nadia. But this is uh, an offense to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's disturbing his leela, in which he wants himself to take the position not of the... Although he is the supreme enjoyer, he himself wants to take the... to enjoy more... He understands that more enjoyment is felt by the gopis and Radharani. So to, he's the supreme enjoyer, but I'm not getting the supreme enjoyment because I'm the supreme enjoyer. And it's more enjoyable to love me than to be the enjoyer. So he wants to f- forget that position of being the supreme enjoyer and take the position of the supreme lover, supreme servant actually. That's how Anaya Radhita Nunam. That the, the supreme lover means the supreme servant. So specifically, when, when the, if you say Chaitanya Sampradaya, that could mean anything. There are so many people who misinterpret what is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings and mission. But Rupa Goswami has given what he is the as is stated in this preface he is the leader of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan and he gave the direct he gave the direction they wrote so many books the six Goswamis of Vrindavan wrote so many books Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't write books he gave us shikshashtaka but his he specifically spoke to Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami to describe to he gave his teachings to them and told them to write books so they wrote the books which defined the sampradaya and of course jiva goswami also under the direction of rup and sanatan he wrote the books which philosophically defined the sampradaya and sent the de- the devotees shrinivas narottam shamananda to propagate that <coughs> 
So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is to be understood through Rupa Goswami Prabhupada. And we may say, well, what's, what's Iskon got to do with Rupa Goswami? Rupa Goswami was sitting under a different tree every night and with just a Kopin and Kanta they gave up all opulence to live with kopin, which means a loincloth, and kanta, which means a, a patchwork quilt. That means that when someone's cloth is worn out, the poor people, instead of throwing it away, they keep it. All the torn cloth, they put it together and make a quilt. And that keeps you warm in the winter. So that's what, that's what they, that's how they were living. They were living in, in apparent poverty. So what's all this big buildings and we're all flying here by plane. What's this got to do with Rupa Goswami? Some people, Ask that. They, they also fly by plane to India. And when they come here, they go to Radha Kund and put on a short cloth and imitate Rupa Goswami. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, well, Bhaktivinoda Thakur and especially Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, they mm, took out or extracted or magnified the principle of what is yukta vairagya this uh, these two verses prapanchakataya bhudya hari sambandhi vastuni Pridhi, what is that mamukshu paritya mrikshabi hmm? parityago vairagyam talgu katyate and an asaktasya vishaya nataham upayunjataha nibandha krishna sambandhi yuktam vairagyam uchyate these two verses were put on every issue of the Gorya magazine of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur as the key to understand this Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam. That what is the heart's desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that was revealed to the world by Rupa Goswami and another of his or an inseparable part of his Mano Bhishtam is Priti Vite Ache Joto Nagaradi Gram Savatra Pracha Hoibe Moranam. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name and teaching should be spread all over the world. It's not just meant for a few people. So the key for fulfilling the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is understanding what is Yukta Vairagya, what is appropriate renunciation that Rupa Goswami, he and all the six Goswamis, they lived in what appeared to be poverty. But that's not necessarily the standard of a follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu never said that you have to live in great poverty. He said that one should bhaja krishna, bolo krishna, karo krishna, shiksha. One should cultivate Krishna consciousness. Sthane sthita shuri gatang manuvang manobhir. One remaining in one's position 
one should cultivate Krishna consciousness. Ramananda Rai was one of the intimate followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He lived in opulence. He was very rich and when he, as the governor of the southern part of Prataparudra Maharaj's kingdom, so when he retired early to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in discussing Krishna Katha, he, Maharaj Prataparudra gave you, keep your full salary. So he remained as a rich man. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't tell him that you, you leave everything, you give up everything. Our own Srila Prabhupada asked Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he asked him, how is it that Ramananda Rai was living as a wealthy householder and Rupa Goswami and the other Goswamis, they were living in, in poverty under trees, giving up everything. How is it? Is one more announced than the other or what's the standard? And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said that what is appropriate for each one to serve, that they adopt. Even Bhaktisiddhanta Sartako himself, who is known as a lifelong brahmachari, he said, if I could produce pure devotees, I'd be willing to have sex a hundred times. He wasn't against the principle of having sex, but whatever is appropriate for service, that's the whole point. It's if one can serve Krishna better by living in opulence, then one should do so then to, to renounce everything in that case, to, to like the Jains, there's so many rich, not so many, but some rich Jain, the Jain community, they're often very rich merchants, diamond merchants. And if one of them decides, they when, but when they become renounced, they become so renounced, they pull the hairs out of their head. They become, and some of them walk around naked, the Digamba sect. So when they renounce, they... They do it in style. They go on a chariot and they throw diamonds in the streets. What is the value? Someone will pick it up, sell it and drink booze. So, or whatever they do with it. If it's not Krishna conscious, then uh, by throwing diamonds, it may seem that you're renouncing, but you're actually helping people go to hell. So, there's no value in such renunciation. But the, the point is service. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is praised as Rupa Nogaviruddha Apasiddhanta Dvanta Hari. He who removes the darkness of the misconceptions that are against the siddhantic or philosophical, for want of a better term, conclusions of Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada. Now he himself, he was living just north of here at Vajapatam that's now Sri Chaitanya Mat he was living there before this was established chanting Hare Krishna day and night and he, he lived in a little hut and don't bring anything he was living in a little hut and eating rice once a day that he cooked himself lying down on the bare floor and when it rained, as it rains very heavily here, for about four months a year, the, the hut would leak, he would have a little umbrella left hand, and you go on chanting. He was living uh, as austerely as Gorky Shah does, Babaji Maharaj. Of course, for these 
devotees, there's, there's, for them it's not austerity. For us, we can't imagine. If we fast on Ekadashi, we think that's a big austerity. But they, For them it's not austerity. For them it's austerity to have to waste time eating and sleeping. That's their, that's what, they would consider that austerity. They're on a different platform altogether. So from, but at least from external appearances, he appeared to be a, a very highly renowned person. And later when he took sannyas, then later on he, he had big muds and cars and leather shoes. You can see it, Chaitanya Martin, Bhaktisthan Saraswati's house. He has these leather shoes are still there. And he would meet with big important people. So it appeared that after he took sannyas, he became less renounced. He was more renounced before he took sannyas. It often appears like that in Iskon too. Some austere brahmachari takes sannyas and then, oh, what happened? We have silk cloth. He used to take the bus and now you go by taxi. So it appeared that he became less renounced. But actually there was no difference in his renunciation before sannyas or after. He wasn't consciously renouncing anything because he didn't have any sense of owning anything. One who has the sense of owning something, they can think of renouncing it. That's called falgu vairagya or trivial or useless renunciation. But real renunciation is seeing everything in relationship to Krishna and implying everything in Krishna's service. So all these buildings, if they're actually used in Krishna's service, then that is according to the principle of yukta vairagya. And if they're used for sense gratification, as Srila Prabhupada says, if you collect money in the name of Krishna, if you use one farthing, which means one cent or one paisa or one kopek. If you use one farthing for sense gratification, then you go to hell. So it is dangerous. Taking money for Krishna, in the name of taking it for Krishna, if we don't use it for Krishna, but then it's, it's also dangerous to imitate Rupa Goswami. Here Prabhupada says that the Krishna conscious movement is conducted under the super, under the supervision of Srila Rupa Goswami. What's the important word here? Under. Under the supervision. We are under this, this, uh, important word in Gorya Siddhanta. Anugatya. Prabhupada often used to say, submission. Surrender. Nowadays we hear many times the word prem being used. It's a, it's a commonly used word. And of course that is the, that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give. That, Varaja Jubhatiya Bhavera Bhakati. He came to reveal the Prem bhav of the gopis of Vrindavan that is described in this Upadesh Amrita. The essence of all advice is to remain, to live in Vrindavan 
and all the time be absorbed in hearing and chanting about Krishna and bathing in Radha Kund. So often devotees ask about, well, why, why we, we should bathe in Radha Kund? It's said in Upadesh Amrita. We should live in Vrindavan. So I say, yep, do it. By all means. But first, follow verse 1 of Upadesh Amrita. Vacho Vegam. Start at the beginning and when we've done all that, Vacho Vegam, Manasa Kroda Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udara Upasta Vegam, Etan Vegan Yo Vishaheta Dhira Sarvamapimam Pridiving Sashishat. So that's also suggested there that you do all those things and then you preach. Make disciples. If you can control your senses, then you're, if you, then you're fit to give shasha, to give discipline to others. Make shishas. So under the supervision, surrender, submission. Prabhupada used these terms a lot. We didn't hear the... We didn't hear him use the word prem as much as he used the word surrender, submission. Why is that? Some people say it's because he was on a lower standard. That shows they're foolish. They mean because we are on a lower standard. Not the Prabhupada. That is so stupid. They think because Prabhupada was on a lower standard, he didn't talk of prem so much. Because we are on a lower standard, to help us to come to the higher standard, Prabhupada has stressed the need for surrender and submission. It's not that you just get... Of course we hear Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, if you bathe in the Ganga in, on the Gorpanima day in Mayapur, then you're blessed with praying. Or there's, there's some stotram, Radha Sahasranam stotram, something like this. It says if one if one recites this standing in the in Radha Kund, then you then you'll get prem. So I was told one devotee it takes about two hours to recite it. He recited the whole things. Thought okay now I should get prem. He got up out of the water and he saw he left the last page on the bank. <laughs> so he missed. He didn't do the whole thing. He could have gone back. But then again we see that. So many people, they bathe in Radha Kund, and say, okay, now I've got Prem. And then, you know, half an hour later, you see them back in Vrindavan at the Lassie store. So, what happened to the... They're getting Prem in the Lassie, or what's going on? They, they appear to be attracted to sense gratification. So, how is that? Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsvartako, he said that one can actually bathe in... Uh, again the question comes. Narad Muni, cannot, he aspires to bathe in Radha Kund and we will just go and, you know, jump in. Hurry bowl! Is it such an easy thing? Bhaktisthan Sarsar Thakos said that one can actually bathe there in one's spiritual body. When one has developed spiritual body, then one can actually bathe there. 
So just as Rupa Goswami Prabhupada recommended bathing in Radha Kund, so Radha Kund means water, no? So Rupa Goswami has given us not just a Kund, but a whole Sindhu, a whole ocean called Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So Bhakti Sansasaratabha said, you take bath in that. Bathe in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That will be your Radha, that is Radha Kund. There's no different. So under the supervision of Srila Rupa Goswami means, what does that mean? That Well, we just read the books of Rupa Here, Prabhupada translates, Rupa Raghunatha Pade Hoibe Akuti Kabe Hama Bhujabo Se Jugal Piriti. When I'm eager, Prabhupada translates this, when I'm eager to understand the literature given by the Goswamis, then I shall be able to understand the transcendental loving affairs of Radha and Krishna. If we read the Bengali here, there's no mention of literature. There's no such... It, it, means when I have, it literally means when I have eagerness for the feet of Rupa and Raghunath. So there's no mention of literature. But Prabhupada has translated this, when I'm eager to understand the literature given by the Goswamis, then I'll be able to understand the transcendental loving affairs of Radha and Krishna. So, our crocodile, or not ours, we're not part of them, the crocodiles will say, you see, this is Prabhupada's interpretation. But that's what it means to follow the six Goswami. How will we follow? They have given us their, what they have got, they have given us in the form of literature. So to follow in the footsteps of the six Goswamis means to understand their literature. Prabhupada, he said that by reading my books one gets in contact with the previous Acharyas. So the, particularly the six Goswamis of Vrindavan and all the Acharyas, they have given us invaluable books. The Bhagavatam commentaries and the original, the works of the six Goswamis, Rupa Goswami, he has given us this Upadeshamrita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and so many other books. Srila Prabhupada, he translated Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhagavad Gita as it is, and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, as the most important books for understanding what are the gifts of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, this, what does it mean that we understand Rupa Goswami? Does that mean that, well, theoretically, if one learn Sanskrit, then you can go, you can read Rupa Goswami's works directly. You can do. You can read Sanskrit, you can learn Sanskrit if you have enough brain and time and inclination. You can read. You can read Srimad Bhagavatam directly. But that doesn't mean that one will understand. Because the principle as given in the literature of the Goswamis Krishadas Kaviraj Goswami. Gopi Anugatya is mentioned this term. One has to be under the guidance of the gopis.
So this principle of submission means that one can't... What does it mean under the supervision of Srila Rupa Goswami? Does that mean that, that all the acharyas in between, have, there's no importance? The supervision is coming down through parampara. It's not that we can go directly and we'll understand. And even if we do try to go directly, that automatically by going directly we are certain not to understand. Because we have flaunted the principle, overstepped the principle of parampara. We cannot understand directly. We, are we, this sampradaya is under the direction of Rupa Goswami, but that direction comes through his representatives who clarify everything, or they clarify and magnify what the previous acharyas have given. What Rupa Goswami has given is complete and perfect. So you may think, what need is there to go to anyone else? Because our understanding is not complete and perfect. Therefore we need to understand through the present acharyas. And even if we read the book, even if we read the book, still... In every, just like Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami has quoted Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that Krishna Tulla Bhagavad Bibhu Sarvashray Prati Shloke Prati Akkare Nana Artha Koi that the Bhagavatam is non different from Krishna. It is like Krishna, powerful and can give complete shelter to all and every verse and every syllable has many meanings various meanings of course in one sense you can say the the meaning of every shloka and every syllable of bhagavatam is krishna's to bhagavan swayam krishna is the supreme personality of godhead but how he is the supreme personality of godhead how we relate to him that cannot be described even in millions of books. So, what the Acharyas have given, even though it's so vast, still it's only a beginning. There's no, because there's no end. So what the six Goswamis have given is complete and perfect. But the method, the com- they've also given us the complete and perfect method to approach that, which is through the parampara. And the, the various acharyas in the parampara, they make their contribution, the contributions that they make are eternal, they're not limited by time and space. That means that what Rupa Goswami gave, that is true for all times, places and circumstances. His contribution of knowledge of Krishna. But at the same time, they also present, the Acharyas present what they have to present in terms also of their immediate audience. So that also has to be understood or, and appreciated. Just like in Srila Prabhupada's books, there are some 
statements which had previous to Srila Prabhupada's preaching mission in the Western world, there was no need for any such statement. There were, that Prabhupada writes how it is acceptable for a devotee in certain circumstance to wear secular dress for preaching Krishna consciousness. So there was no need of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur or Sanatana Goswami Hari Bhakti Vilas saying you wear secular dress. There's no need. Because there were everyone wore what we would what we would call Vedic dress, although some people who are very great scholars, they don't believe there's any such thing as Vedic dress. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he was the first major Acharya to preach Krishna consciousness in a time when Western dress had started to gain some popularity among Indians. Now it's universal among Indians. If someone, if someone wears a dhoti, that's considered unusual in India now. But it used to be. I remember you go to towns, especially outside Delhi or Bombay, and you wouldn't see anyone in pants and shirt. And everyone was wearing a dhoti or a vesti or like this. Even the I used to see Muslims in West Bengal wearing dhotis also. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur was the first to point out that this certain kind of dress is pleasing or it's, it's anukul, it's favorable for devotion to wear the dress that is dear to the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Gaurabhakta Priyavesha Dadhamana Tilak Tulasimala Shobhamana He's in the statements of what's favorable. It's good for bhakti to wear the kind of dress that is pleasing to the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and to have tilak, to be beautified by tilak until simala. So he was pointing that out. And, but Prabhupada said that, yes, you can go in ordinary secular dress for preaching. There's no objection. So that kind of comment, that would not have been necessary in previous times. And hopefully in future it won't be necessary either when everyone in the whole world is wearing dhotis and saris and other dress like this. So, it, even though the, sta- the, the statements of the acharyas are there, we have, they are we, we have to understand what are absolute principles and what are stated with a specific audience in mind. Not every, even in Prabhupada's books. Prabhupada said, my books are the law books for mankind for the next 10,000 years. But it requires some intelligence to, under, that means realized intelligence, not ABC book intelligence, but by which one cannot understand anything about spiritual life. It's a disqualification. So, 
we have to we have to understand when Prabhupada translates the seventh canto of Bhagavatam and describes the dress and activities of a of a sannyasi or a brahmachari, they're not the same as he introduced. You may say, well, he's not following Shastra. You see, a brahmachari should wear a mekala, it's a kind of belt and carry a stick, and all those descriptions are there. But one who understands the principle of Shastra, Yukta Vairagya, he understands how to apply the principle of Shastra to fulfill the purpose of Shastra, which is that the followers of Shastra should progress toward the stage of pure love of Krishna. And particularly, what Rupa Goswami has given is beyond Shastra. It is Shastra, but it's beyond Shastra in the sense that, in the sense that there are certain things which the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have given, which if we want to justify or by the normal Shastric method, then we can't. Because there are certain features of Godhead, the, the, the very fact that He is the personality of Godhead, which are Vidishu Durlabha. If we are to, they're not easily found in the Vedas. The Vedas, they establish mostly this, this principle of the the tattva of Hari, the Supreme Lord, being supreme. That He is supreme is established. But His personality, this, the, the two aspects of the supreme personality of God, that He is Sarva Shaktim, He is all-powerful, and Rasabdim, He is an ocean of rasa. So the, the, the Shastra doesn't directly deal with this very much because it's intimate, it's private. Just like the prime minister, there may, there may be much discussion of his formal activities, but what he does at home and how his, his wife chastising, why are you always coming home late? And that, that's his private affair. His wife might you know, slap him in the face or something. For, for his wife or his mother, for his mother, the prime minister is always her child. Doesn't matter; he's the prime minister. He's always, she's always his child, and it doesn't matter how powerful he becomes. To her, he's always her child, and the fact that he's prime minister is very much secondary. It, it doesn't affect the relationship between them. Even in public, she might stand very formally, but. In her vision, it's her son. So that is not, that's the private affair. That's not a public matter. So Rupa Goswami has given dramas about Krishna's intimate affairs. That's not meant for everyone. That's not meant for public distribution. We don't go out in the public and, and give a public lecture on how the Krishna is calling the gopis at night. That's not meant for public uh, distribution. But at the same time, 
Krishna comes to this world to show this and it should be broadcast among those who have the adhika or the qualification. So Rupa Goswami has written books which people who are very much uh, fixed in the, in the method of understanding Shastra by the formal method, they can't accept it. They think it's just his imagination. But the, but they sh- if we are, to, they'll stress very strong. Yes, we accept the. Per- they'll, they'll, other Vaishnavas. They may be very strongly against Madhvacharya, very strongly against Mayavad and establishing Hari Sarvotam. He's Lord Hari Krishna or Vishnu is supreme. But what is the nature of his supremacy? They remain at a distance from that, and. They don't accept the logical conclusion of his supremacy, that he is a person with intimate, loving affairs. He's not just the supreme overlord, but he's the supreme lover. So Rupa Goswami has revealed that. How are we to understand it? Through the parampara system. It's not by simply reading. We may, we may think that, well, I, I, I know Sanskrit so I can go directly to the Shastra because Rupa Goswami was a pundit and Jiva Goswami was a pundit. So I'm also a pundit and I can go directly to Shastra and understand. But it's, it's not just a matter of having knowledge of grammar. Even these, who is there who is a scholar like Jiva Goswami? It's very foolish. To, people give their commentaries. On, the, on the, the, the so-called scholars give their commentaries on Rupa Goswami and Jiva Goswami and they'll criticize. But they don't consider, you are commenting on him because he's much more important than you. You don't, what have you got to offer? You're just, you're, a, you're a, an outsider, a commentator. So even from the mundane point of view, the level of scholarship of, this, of the Goswami was, was far greater than anyone in the world today. And in fact, it was a normal thing in India up until recently, up until maybe a, a hundred or 150 years ago, that there were, there were so many highly scholarly people. But those, those who are real scholars... They accept the parampara system. It doesn't matter however scholarly you may be. The point is, you, you, it's understood that you cannot understand without following the parampara. Even the Mayavadis, at least superficially, they accept the principle that the knowledge of Shastra is not revealed simply by one's own brain power. But one has to be blessed by serving the Guru who will reveal that knowledge. Dibhagyan hride prakashito. This Narottam Dash Thakur sang about Lokanath Goswami. From the point of view of scholarship, Narottam Das was much, apparently much more learned than Lokanath Goswami. He was a disciple of Jiva Goswami. To be a disciple of Jiva Goswami, direct disciple, is personally taught by him, is no ordinary thing. 
Nirodham Das Thakur wrote mostly in simple Bengali, but he was highly learned in Sanskrit. He studied under Jiva Goswami directly. But he said about Lokanath Goswami that Dibbogan Hride Prakashito, that whatever you learn, that will not be revealed, that or that is revealed by the mercy of the Guru. So this principle that we, we are working under the supervision of Srila Rupa Goswami. How is this to be understood? If we, this statement is so important, but at the same time it cannot be understood out of context with all the other teachings of Srila Prabhupada. That doesn't mean that we then we'll just directly go to Rupa Goswami and we'll read his books directly and we'll forget everything else. All we see is Rupa Goswami has written one thing uh, one uh, in, in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu it's written one should begin the worship of Ganesh Prabhupada has translated it but he didn't do that he didn't institute that he discouraged that then why? then we have to understand then the devotees asked Prabhupada Prabhupada said we worship the pure devotees Ganesh is Vigna Vinashana he destroys the any material obstacles on that, that may interrupt our service activities. But the pure devotees, they destroy Ajoy Gosai, Jar, Muitaro Das, Taha Hoite Bignanash. What is that? How is hmm? how does that work? Tan Shi Rupsanatan Bhatarana how does that verse go? And where does that Vigna, Vigna Vinash come? Ah. Jai Josai Ja Mui Charnabandan Jaha. Ah. Say it again. Jaha hoite bignanash obishta puranas. By them, all the all the obstacles are destroyed, the obstacles on the path of bhakti, and our desire is fulfilled. Actually, that abishta puran. We also Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has his mana abishta, and our abishta should be too. Serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What is that? Guru Vaishnava Bhagavan e Tine Svaran. Tine Svaran e Hoi Bigna Binasha. And also Krishidas Kaviraj says the same thing. By remembering, we should remember Guru Vaishnava and Bhagavan, and by remembering them, all the obstacles in the path of devotion are destroyed. So the Krishna Conscious Movement is conducted under the supervision of Srila Goswami. That means that we should follow his instructions. His supervision is both directly and indirectly by, by he, the instructions he's given in his books 
and by his blessings and good wishes, those who are following the instructions in his books, they get the, they're, they're blessed as he was blessed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he asked Surup Damoda, he knew Surup Damoda, he knows what is my heart. He is non-different, Damodar is non-different from Chaitanya, he's this, he knows everything about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart. So, Surup Damodar, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, how could Rupa Goswami possibly, how could he understand what was in my heart? He asked Surup Damodar, because Surup Damodar understands. And Surup Damodar said, because you must have blessed him with the understanding previously. Therefore, he could write this. So in the same way, those who are one with the desire of the previous acharyas, they are blessed with them, with understanding. One, the, the desire to serve, as you were emphasizing yesterday in the class, Vignavinashan, Narasimha Maharaj, was emphasizing we have to serve, the desire to serve. So when we're one with that desire, then all, then everything is revealed, as Prabhupada summarizes this. He said, everything else will be revealed. One must promote himself to the platform of goodness, Sattva Gun, by following the instructions of Rupa Goswami, and then everything concerning how to make further progress will be revealed by the grace of the Acharyas. So, indirectly we can say, through their books, we get instruction. That is the monument, it's fixed, what to follow. How to follow? We have to follow through the Acharyas, who are one with the heart of Rupa Goswami, who is one with the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And those who do so, they are blessed with understanding. So they direct link for the great Acharyas, their link is through the parampara and direct also. Prabhupada, he was, uh, once someone said to Prabhupada that, Prabhupada, someone said that when you were living at Radha Damada temple, you used to directly talk with Rupa Goswami. Is it true? And Prabhupada said, well, everyone knows that. That someone from that time was describing how Prabhupada in the middle of the night while living at Radhada temple, to any appearances, just like, you know, there's so many people who come and retire and live in Vrindavan. So he was just one of them. But in the middle of the night, he'd be at Rupa Goswami's Samadhi, praying, talking to Rupa Goswami. So directly, and in Prabhupada is taking guidance through the parampara directly from Rupa Goswami. And the Krishna conscious movement is conducted under the supervision. Means if we follow his instructions, if we're sincere to follow his instructions, then certainly he will guide us. We have this term which has been 
coined from Rupa Noga, Prabhupada Noga. Let's say Prabhupada Noga. Um, that's sometimes used by some people to think that, well, you just follow Prabhupada. You don't need to follow anyone else in between. But Rupa Noga doesn't mean that. Rupa Noga means you follow who comes after Rupa Goswami also. The method to follow Rupa Goswami is to follow his followers in disciplic succession. So Prabhupada Nuga, if one is actually to follow him, then one must know what, just like if we are to follow Rupa Goswami, how shall we do? Not just by sticking his picture on the wall. We have to know what his teachings are, how they are received in Parampara. And we have to see who is, who is following in that spirit. The spirit and the form may not be the same. Persons who dress themselves in off-white short clothes and loiter around Loi Bazaar, they may think themselves to be following Rupa Goswami. But someone who dresses himself in, in Western secular dress and goes into the airport in Los Angeles to sell Upadesh Amrita and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is actually f- following, although it's, it's not apparent to those who want to follow by the form only without catching the spirit that now is the time. The time has come for preaching what Rupa Goswami came to this world to give, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to this world to give. That has been amplified. That has been sounded on a big drum. Now is the time for preaching that. So we'll actually be under the supervision of Rupa Goswami if we follow his instructions as they are given in Parampara. That's some discussion of the first sentence of this preface. Is there any comment that Bhakti Vigna Vinashan, Narasimha Maharaj would like to make? Or any others? Oh. Questions? There's a mic here for questions and yeah. You gonna say something, Maharaj? Yeah. All right. Please pass over the mic. Please speak into the mic. Yeah, they've hijacked the term. It doesn't belong to them. <laughs> That's a very important point because if we they say the Prabhupada just made up some system which is not according to Shastra and it's not according to tradition. And they say Prabhupada can do that, but we have to see that Prabhupada is a Rupanuga. He, he's not... If we say that Prabhupada has established... 
this is the point that there are there are principles which are given in shastra and there are details so the, we may say that taking initiation from a guru is or it, it's ju- it's just a, a detail because you can take initiation from it you can take initiation from someone who's not visibly present to us also but actually the, this principle of anugatya of submission and surrender that is to be offered to it, it it's not it's to be offered to a person who is visibly present among us so if we say that prabhupada has he can overstep this principle actually although they in the in the name of praising prabhupada they're converting him into something like sai baba who just is a self-proclaimed avatar with no reference to shastra so actually by they're breaking the parampara by saying this prabhupada is a he's a follower of the previous parampara and he he came to transmit what the previous acharyas has given this is also very important just like prob how to understand these principles prabhupada said okay you can wear western dress for uh going and preaching but that's not a principle it's not that we worship the deities in in jeans and and uh wearing nike shoes so we have we have to see how prabhupada is transmitting the parampara teachings in a very un in very unusual circumstances but it's not that he that prabhupada made changes doesn't mean that he rejected the previous traditions but rather he was transmitting them in the in the best manner possible considering the circumstances considering that you can't meet as prabhupada wrote in one purport that it's it's not possible to change the customs of a country immediately therefore he says sometimes i'm criticized for letting the boys and girls in our krishna conscious movement mingle but it's not possible to change the customs of a country immediately therefore we have this policy he didn't say it's a principle he said it's a policy it's not that the previous tradition of which is based on shastra matra swastra tu hitrava navi viktasana obavet balavan indriya gramo vidvamsana pikarshati it's a shastra principle that one should not mingle closely even with one's mother sister or daughter because even the mind of a of a learned person can become agitated by doing so so it's a social principle meant for spiritual advancement that there should be reserve and in in the dealings between the sexes now this principle is totally thrown out in modern western life because the principle of modern western life is sense gratification so if we think that well vedic culture it's just some culture and western culture is just another culture and they're all the same so we can have krishna consciousness just within the within the western culture and we just turn hari krishna and live as westerners it doesn't work because western culture is meant for sense gratification which is the works as the opposite of that which that culture which is meant for spiritual advancement so that prabhupada didn't immediately insist 
on having standards of uh, separation between the sexes as was current in India at that time doesn't mean that he rejected the principle but he was simply seeing how it's possible to introduce Krishna consciousness in, into a culture which is far removed from the ideal. That doesn't mean that the ideal has changed or that there is no ideal. So these, if we don't understand these points, then we misunderstand them. And then comes trouble. Please, Mike. Yeah. In some ways, it appears that we bring the problems on ourselves by our uh, negligence of problems and structures. Yeah, yeah. I, I, whatever real problems we have in our movement are not caused by governments or or anything. It's our own neglect of Prabhupada's instructions. If we simply follow that, then everything will be perfect. <laughs> Yeah? No, they wouldn't have come up. Yeah, that's that's true to some extent, but there even even people left when Prabhupada was personally present here, his personal so there is the willingness of the Jiva to to act against their own self interest. Even in the very presence of Prabhupada, even in the presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu directly, his own personal servant left him to go for some very low class sense gratification. So that's one consideration, but there is also, I mean, there is also uh, devotees haven't been treated as well as they should. Among Prabhupada's instructions, there are ones which can be... uh, They're very clear. are very clear in their application. Everyone should go to Mongolati. It's very clear. But then we should treat others in a way that their Krishna consciousness is encouraged. It's, It's not something that you can very clearly define. It's more, it's more difficult to put that into practice, isn't it? That re- it's not a cut and dry, to use that idiom. It's not, a, it's not something clearly defined. So it, it, it requires maturity and advancement in Krishna consciousness to understand these principles. Prabhupada, nowadays it seems to me, my subjective opinion, that we have... An, an idealized or a sentimentalized concept of Prabhupada as being a nice old man who patted babies on the head, which he did. But he was also very, very heavy. And what I saw, I mean, I came, I joined the movement in 1975, but which means late in Prabhupada's preaching Leela. 
But I saw, and myself and the, the great majority of devotees, their attitude towards Prabhupada was one of tremendous awe. And Prabhupada didn't try to pop that with everyone. He, he had a very regal bearing. He was, you know, he was the guru. He was, he was on top. So, and he was very heavy and could be very cutting, but Prabhupada's cutting in most cases because the devotees had that attitude of submission towards him. They accepted that and it held them advanced in Krishna consciousness. In some cases, they didn't. They became offensive and went away. So you can never tell. This festival is supposed to be the theme of it is loving relationships. I got, maybe I should give a seminar on that. I already did, actually. I gave a, a few years ago, I gave a seminar in Slovenia on love and peace. So, but what, unless we define what love is, just that Rupa Goswami defines in here, or not defines, but he gives some indications of, of loving dealings, then unless we clearly understand what love means, then if we just talk words like love, compassion, it'll just be mundane. Unless we have a clear understanding of the spiritual implications of love, compassion, fair dealings and all this kind of thing, then we must necessarily bring in our mundane conceptions. In which we, and we, although these things should be done, caring for the bodies of devotees and this and that, that should be done. But it's not, it's not the main thing. I, I remember seeing a, the, the, well, the compassion of of devotees in the time when we joined. I think you were in New York in '75, wasn't it? I was in London. I, yeah. So uh, we used to see the compassion, the compassion of devotees exhibited in ways which nowadays people criticize that and they say, well, devotees treated me so roughly. But that roughness was like forcing them to get up for Mongolarty. They may think, well, you know, I'm so rough, I had to they force me. And, but that's, that's compassion. You may say, well, it would have been better if I slept. But no, it's better if you get up. So what's compassion? He's feeling, he doesn't want to get up, it's cold, there's no hot shower, and it's, it's, I'd, I'd rather sleep. It's nice in the sleeping bag, but the compassion is, sometimes the methods of getting up were unconventional. It's a long, steep flight of stairs in Berry Place. And to get thrown down them in your sleeping bag is not the best way to start the morning. But you could just get up. That's also there. So is it compassion or is it mixed with our own Rajagoon and all this? I don't know. I don't want to get into too much mental speculation about this. But first we should understand what is love and compassion before trying to follow in the footsteps of Mother Teresa or something like this, whose love and compassion was useless. That's why people praise her so. Useless people praise her. Based on rescuing people's bodies. 
people live their whole life on the street in Calcutta, and then she'd have people going around looking for dying people. After spending their life on the street, she'd put them in a home so they could die in a home. And if they got better, back on the street. Looking after lepers. Well, it's useless. I mean, it's better than... Definitely Mother Teresa was a lot better than Hitler. So, she got the Nobel Peace Prize. Henry Kissinger got that also. After orchestrating the bombing of Vietnam and Kampuchea, when they found out it wasn't politically viable anymore, they negotiated peace and got the Nobel Peace Prize. So... So, yeah, it's better. But it's real compassion means to give knowledge and the means by which people can get free from birth and death eternally. Otherwise, you have a leper colony and they're sitting in the leper colony forgetting Krishna. Then it doesn't really help them much. helps their bodies. It reinforces the concept, the bodily concept of life. I have a leprous body. It's being helped. All right. Any other question, comment? Want to pass over the mic or move over to the mic? Why don't you think about it and come back when you can make it no, understa- understandable? Well, be brief and be understandable also. Um, you, you told that the boats are going to Los Angeles airport mm-hmm. to sell the boats in Carmen Lopes. Yeah. And I was there doing the same service. I got the mercy from the temple president. You were there at that time, the summer 2005. Hmm. And it happened that I was shocked seeing the devotees doing the service at the airport because the way they were approaching people. So maybe uh, I was wrong because I was shocked because they just gave a lecture saying that you can go to the airport in Los Angeles and sell the books and why I was shocked, uh, I was shocked because devotees were pointing out the, the, the clothes of, of, the, of the clients in the airport. They were only have a nice hat. Can I talk with you for, for a while? And then this would be the introduction for them in the book. So you, you said in your lecture that we should be submissive to the Acharyas mm. and to the Swami. And all the all the charges. So the question is, how how would Rupa Goswami sell a book? Rupa goes. All right, that's the that's the question. All right. Well, Rupa Goswami, he doesn't sell books actually. That is not his service. His service is to Nana Shastra Vicharanaika Nipano Sadharma Samstapako. His service is to collect the information in the books 
and collate them, collate, put all the information, not just information, but realization, put it together. Different people have different services. So by the mercy of Rupa Goswami and by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, we have the, the opportunity to distribute this. It may be shocking that... I remember once in, uh, in London I was distributing a book. I had Chaitanya Charitamba. I stopped someone and one devotee I was distributing with, he was standing next to me. And I started reading from the, on the dust jacket that Chaitanya, Sri Chaitanya was known as a great philosopher and I think it said something like social reformer or something. And the man interrupted me and said, well, isn't he considered an incarnation of God? And, and this is you know, London, 1976. And, you know, even in India, people hadn't known it about Chaitanya Mahabharu. So a devotee sat next to me and said, yeah, you should have said he was God. You see, he, he, I was just reading what was on the... It just, if you'd just given me the time to read two lines more, I would have said that. So, um, well... One of the devotees who goes to LAX year after year after year is Brigupati Prabhu, who's here now. And the very fact that he's going year after year after year and is so enthusiastic to do so, he goes on Sundays also, he doesn't take a day off. How could we... What, what's that, what keeps him going? What do you think? In the beginning... Devotees distribute books and then mostly they go on to some other service. But what keeps him going year after year after year? He's becoming an old man now, but it would seem to me that he's got, he's developed some compassion for the jivas. He, he knows the value of these books and he, he's very much concerned with getting them to the people there. Now, how to do so? If we, if we approach someone and say, excuse me sir, Rupa Goswami, you lost him already. So it may, there may be something to get the attention of the person. People are very much in the bodily concept of life. Krishna did that with Vrikasura, who was chasing Lord Shiva. And first of all, he told him that you must be very tired, the body is very important, you should look after your body. And Vrikasura thought, yeah, that's right. Krishna didn't speak to him that, you know, atato brahma jignasa. He didn't tell him that. He's not on that level to hear that. So he's, he got, he is a demon, and he got his attention on the level of his being a demon, on the body, on the platform of his body. So, our book distributors may also do that. And it may be shocking that this, this knowledge, which is far, far ab- above the latest fashion hairstyle. In fact, if you read Prabhupada's books, you'll say that foolish people, they have different fashions. Every day they change their hairstyle. But in our Krishna conscious movement, we have one fashion, shaved head and shika. So that's in Prabhupada's books. So to get their attention so that they can... That's their Prabhupada. I, I remember myself. 
personally hearing Prabhupada say that when someone asked Prabhupada, devotee asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, how do we preach? And Prabhupada quoted Prabodhananda Saraswati, that you approach a person and you say to him, my dear sir, you're so wonderful, you're so great, and then the person will think that, yes, this person is actually understood. So, <laughs> so what do you want? And then you tell him that my, you give up all your rascal hogwash and surrender at the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So it's a preaching technique. It doesn't, I mean, I'm not, it's not necessarily just justifying everything that everyone does in book distribution. We should be careful also how we distribute books. That is a fact. And in the early days of our movement, especially in America, we weren't, and we're still suffering for that. So it is important how we deal with people, and devotees are more conscious of that nowadays. But we shouldn't be so sensitive about the feelings of people that we don't give them any books. I, I came to... Some are talking about London a lot here. My bodily, my bodily concept of life. I came to London in about... No, it was... When was that? Must Anyway, 79 I think it was, after being away for about two years. And there was, the, there was the midday program in the Soho Street Temple. They invite people to come and take lunch. And afterwards, people were going out and there was a book table. And someone picked up the signs of self-realization. They looked at it. They said, how much is it? And the body said, it's two pounds, I'm afraid. And I'm afraid for the benefit of those who don't know it's probably British English. In America also it means it's kind of expressing regret that actually it's a very high price and it's like putting you off. And so he put it down and I said, why did you say that? You should have said, it's only two pounds. The knowledge in it is... He said, well, I was told to say that because we don't want to, to, to show us... We don't want to make an impression like that we're very greedy to take their money. You go, it's the opposite extreme, that you discourage them from buying the book. So, so you say, yeah, it's only two pounds. It's only, it's, that's the, that just covers the printing cost, but the, the knowledge you get in this, you can't buy with every, every penny in the whole of Great Britain. It's invaluable knowledge. So, we should be, we should be sensitive, but... Sensitive also, but some aggression is needed to preach. Unless you're somewhat outgoing and enthusiastic and you really want the person to take the book, they're not going to take it. In America, especially. They're not even going to give you the time of day. So, how to balance the two? It's not possible to keep it fully balanced because you never know how people are going to react. What, if you can approach one person in one way and he'll say, oh yeah, that's great, I'll take the book. And he, he likes. And someone else, the same, you approach them the same way and they become offended. You can't tell. That's a risk in preaching. So we, we shouldn't consider that because some people get upset that a 
that our preaching should stop or we not necessarily that we have to alter it. If many people are getting upset, that it either means that we're really preaching very well or we should adjust something. In fact, if more people were upset, it would be better because that would mean that they're listening to our message. If they're upset because of that, that would be good. Why are they not upset? There's something wrong. We're not preaching strongly enough. We're not preaching clearly enough. It's, 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 if the public like us, we should examine why. If they like us for the right reasons, it's good. If they don't, then we've become insignificant. Time is up. But we're going to get all our vignas, all our obstacles destroyed by Vigna Vinashan Maharaj. He's heavy. He's not giving the mic. Come on, we'll use our sannyasi strength here or, or what is it called? Position. Protocol. No, the Babaji lifestyle is imitation of Rupa Goswami. <laughs> he is the real. He's he's living like that because he's not eating because he's you know he doesn't even think about it. Someone may say, bring him some some chickpeas and say, oh, oh okay, and then get back. <laughs> Others are imitating. Yeah, so that means for ourselves we should live simply. There shouldn't be any. If someone comes and gives us ten million dollars, it shouldn't affect the way we live, because we should give it all to Krishna. I was saying our sannyasis, they after they they're simple brahmacharis and they become more luxurious or opulent after they take sannyas. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a contradictory or. What's the I, I don't know. I can't think in English. It's paradoxical. That's the word. Service of a sannyasi to accept the service of others. So one can do so when one is anasaktasya vishayan. When one sees everything in relationship to Krishna, then someone who might, for himself, he'd be quite happy going around in rags, but people say, here, take this, nice cloth, all right. Going in the bus, here, here's a taxi, all right. 